The Bible illuminates for us the story of God, his creation of mankind, and his interaction with human beings from the beginning of time. Now, in our centers, we see an average of 1,500 to 2,000 new clients every single year. Most of them are somewhere between the ages of 16 and 28, which is the most vulnerable age as it pertains to matters of faith. And as Ruth will testify, or Dave Imelli will testify, or anybody who's worked with this group of people, most of them have no clue what sin is. Most of them have no idea who Jesus is. They have no clue that he is even connected to Christmas or Easter. They believe that, yes, there is something more out there, some more spiritual force, but they don't have a belief or an understanding that there is a God in a place called heaven. But what's interesting is when this group is invited to participate in a Bible study, well, let's just say in 2019, before COVID hit, we had 558 Bible studies with this group of people who have no idea who Jesus is. Which tells me that this younger, unbelieving generation is in fact hungry and interested in knowing what's in the Word of God. And I've become convinced that the best place to start is in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Because in those chapters, they answer the questions of how we got here, why we die, why we don't see God face to face, and how much he longs to restore our relationship with him. It's a great segue into helping people understand that man is a created being, that the human race is special to God and separate from the animal kingdom. And we can point to our intellect as one clear proof of our uniqueness. Tell me, what animal, bird, or fish has ever put a satellite into orbit? What animal, bird, or fish has ever performed a quadruple bypass or developed technology that enables people to be able to send a message halfway around the globe in a matter of seconds? Our job, or should I say our opportunity as ambassadors of Christ, are to make these distinctions a little bit more obvious and bring glory to God by talking up the uniqueness or the sanctity of human life. We have this great opportunity and really need to disperse the darkness that has been created by secular humanism and the theory of evolution by illuminating the minds of those around us with truth. Because... Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. 
And there's only one place that we can do that. It starts with Scripture and with the person of Jesus Christ. In 1929, a Harvard geneticist and an evolutionary biologist named Richard Lewitton wrote this. The problem is to get people, listen carefully, to reject the irrational and supernatural explanations of the world, the demons that exist only in their imaginations, and to accept a social and intellectual apparatus, science, as the only begotten truth. Ninety years later, my second-grade granddaughter and probably some of your grandchildren or children are saying, we are only animals, Papa. I can prove it. It's what we're taught in school. Even though there are a plethora of scientists that refute Darwinism and have gone on record to say that neither fossil records nor ancestral remains have substantiated Darwin's claims, it is taught as fact in public schools and universities. We are only animals. Papa. And you know, it's a sad and sobering thought that in all of my years of following Christ and sitting in churches, and even when I pastored a church for nine years, I can count on one finger the number of messages I've heard from the pulpit that bring out the scientific evidence that supports creation. And that's not our pastor's faults, by the way. They're not trained in science. One thing that is needed, in my opinion, are people in every church who are willing to invest themselves in learning the basics of what Darwin taught and what's being presented in our public schools as facts, and then begin to raise questions or provide answers that gently lead people back to God. Because by the time most teenagers graduate from high school or college, statistically, they've become atheists or agnostics because of what's being taught in school from kindergarten on. Secular humanism is presented and reinforced in most schools from kindergarten on. We ask ourselves why some people can get four, five, six abortions or more without hesitation, or why some people support doctor-assisted suicide and euthanasia, Well, what difference does it make if we're only animals? Now think about what has happened over the last 160 years. Darwin wrote The Origin of Species in 1859. About 100 years later, God was kicked out of public schools and replaced by Darwinism. 
And by the way, just two to three years after that, a guy by the name of Anton LaVey started the first public church of Satan in California in 1966. Five years after that, abortion was legalized and has gone from something that, in fact, was rarely performed and definitely not spoken about by very many people to something that is now considered routine health care and celebrated in various circles as a really cool thing, man. Right? Right. And now... You know what the fastest growing religion is in our country? Wicca. Wicca is, in fact, the fastest growing religion in the United States. And just a few years ago, a documentary titled Hail Satan was released that chronicles the rise of another group that I would say is far more challenging or evil in my mind than even the Church of Satan that Anton LaVey started. It's known as the Satanic Temple. I don't know if you've ever heard of this group or not, but in this movie, they portray their ideology as the voice of reason and humanism in the United States. And least we think this is a joke or a fad that's going to go away. The people who are behind this organization are extremely well-educated Harvard grads. They have opened temples all across the United States. Very few people are even aware of the fact that there's one in Albany, that there's about four or five in the state of Texas, and that they have plans to open many, many more. Founded just 10 years ago, the Satanic Temple is now recognized as an organized religion in the United States, that has gained tax-exempt status and are demanding equal rights to evangelical Christians. They have successfully demanded their own after-school Satan clubs that promote scientific rationalism in public schools that allows after-school Christian groups like Good News Clubs. In 2015... They unveiled a a satanic statue in a Detroit city park. The statue is called Baphomet. I don't know how many of you are familiar with it. But, you know, they invited and sold, well, provided tickets for 700 people to come and participate and watch this unveiling. There was no cost to attend this event. All you had to do was sign your soul to the devil affirming that you are an atheist. When the installation of the Ten Commandments took place at Oklahoma State Capitol, they successfully erected an eight-foot statue of Baphomet right alongside the Ten Commandments. And, and since then, this, the statue of this goat-headed deity, the goat head, of course, symbolizing the difference between the goats and sheep. Remember that parable, the goats and the sheep? The goats are the ones that go to eternal perdition. The sheep are the ones who are brought into the kingdom. This goat-headed deity has been installed in multiple places, including Arkansas's state capital. 
And the most disturbing part of the statue is the way it depicts two school-age children looking up in adoration. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Given the progression, I'm going to just ask you this question. Given the progression, in the 1850s, Darwin writes The Origin of Species. 1929, a Harvard professor writes how the goal is to get people to reject the notion of God and embrace science as the only begotten truth. 1964, Bibles and prayer are outlawed in public schools. Two years later, the first Church of Satan opens. 1973-74, R.V. Wade passes, which opens the floodgate for abortion. Today, Secular humanism, which is a worldview minus God, is taught as fact alongside of Darwinism. Satanic clubs are opening in public schools. Statues promoting Satanism are popping up on government property. Where do you think we will be 50 to 100 years from now? What about all the souls that will be sentenced to eternal perdition? In my mind, as ambassadors of Christ, there are three things that we can do and must do if future generations are to be spared. Matthew 16, 13 through 17 Jesus asked the disciples two very important questions. Who do men say I am? Who do men say I am? Is the first one. And then the second one is, who do you say I am? Men believed that Jesus was someone special, good man, a prophet, a teacher. Peter, however, said, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. To which Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Our first and most important mission, in my mind, is to be praying without ceasing for God to send his Holy Spirit upon the earth again and to bring conviction and remove the veil that is keeping so many people on an increasing number in darkness. And also to begin developing sound, intelligent arguments that will tear down the so-called evidence of evolution and pray for the ability to Deliver those arguments tactfully. You know, the days of being able to say, God said it. I believe it. That's it. They're long gone. I mean, it's a good thing to say. 
Don't get me wrong. But I don't know that you're going to bring anybody to Christ unless you've fine-tuned that argument just a little bit further. And what I've been encouraging churches to do, especially ones that have younger folks in them, and I don't know, maybe you've already got this here. I know Pastor Vin was a, a med student at one point and has more of a background than most pastors do in, in the sciences, but I have been trying to inspire churches, lay people like, like everyone that is here today, as well as pastors, to really, uh, if you've got a flair for the scientific, to read and, and develop materials that support the argument for creation. Uh, a good starting point is Lee Strobel's books, The, the Case for a Creator. That's an excellent book to read if you haven't read it. But then to be able to take and pray about maybe a specific area that you personally can become an expert in and not only bring that to the table at Bible studies and at VBS and other things, but be able to take that into the public square to the people who live in our neighborhoods and where we work, the non-believers that we are surrounded with every day and be able to tactfully just plant the seed that, you know what, maybe we really didn't go from being chimpanzees to homo sapiens. Maybe there really is more to life. Maybe there really is a God in heaven. And maybe he really did come down to earth in the form of a man so that we could relate to the character of God in a way that we understand. And maybe he really did die on a cross for all the mistakes we make. Maybe he really did conquer death by resurrecting. And maybe he really did promise eternal life in a place called paradise for those who would put their trust in him. That's what we need to do in this dark generation. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Thank you.